All right. Welcome to Waking Up to Grace, brought to you by IbleTuddy.net. That's Bible study without the BS. So today we're going to be talking about a topic. Uh, we're going to call it Grace and Peace Through Suffering. So we had a, a somebody comment on one of our videos, and they made a really good point. I'm actually going to go ahead and uh, read that comment. And what he had written, he said, uh, explain Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Why was he so stressed and wanted to avoid the cross? And lastly, his cry out loud to his father on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or was he just acting out the Psalm of David? And then he, and then he said later, um, he said, well, if you say we will find peace and comfort in this world, then why did Jesus, the unique son, the only begotten God, um, the only begotten had such torment it even affected his physical being. Sweat, blood, that's a medical condition, I believe, that is caused by high levels of anxiety and stress, and his cry of abandoned despair on the cross. I think this has been vastly ignored by these proponents of having peace and comfort in their journey on this planet. And this and was in response to a call we did on... Uh, fully Accepted Forever. Fully Accepted Forever, our series about having peace um, from the Holy Spirit. So I don't know, like on the comment, if he was saying that we were proponents of, of this, but I mean, I would say we're certainly proponents of having peace on this earth. But um, as I mentioned in response to his comment, it's different kind of peace. It's not worldly peace. It's a spiritual peace that we get from Christ. Uh, otherwise, you would just be completely confused. Why was Paul beaten? Why was Paul in prison? Why was he suffering so much? But yet, you know, and, and we're going to go through passages where he talked about the secret to contentment and the peace that he had, even despite that suffering. So what we're going to be looking at is a different kind of peace. It doesn't mean that you're going to have an abundance of financial blessing. It doesn't it doesn't mean that you're not. But whatever you go through, you know, there's there's a secret to contentment that Paul talks about. And we know what that secret is today because it's been revealed. Uh, but we could we could start with the psalm, you know, that he was referring to, uh, because Psalm 22 is pretty cool. You know, this is David, uh, the King David in the Old Testament, uh, speaking in a prophetic language through the spirit. And uh, so you you have this uh, this unclear vision of Christ going on in, in his in his speaking here um, in Psalm 22. And it's it's fascinating. So it starts out, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. And you, our fathers, are trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame, but I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make they they make mouths at me, they wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord, let him deliver him, let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb, and you made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. 
Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. This gets me teary-eyed, actually. It's hard to read. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. And he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nation shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generations. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to people yet unborn, that he has done it. And what has he done? And that's where the good news comes in. He has done it. And when he, when he was on the cross, what did he say? He said, it is finished. It is finished. Amen. And so, you know, all that suffering, you know, he, he took that suffering for the, for the purpose and for the cause to bring us peace, to bring peace on earth. And, but the peace on earth they were describing when you hear that song was Jew and Gentiles together in harmony in the body of Christ. No longer just Israel. There was peace on the whole earth. It wasn't about literal peace on earth. You know, because, you know, that's that's never actually, you know, really much of a thing in the Bible where there's just going to, you know, be this perfect thing. There's different uh, variations of ideas and revelations of, of what that could look like. But that's a, another topic. So many topics. Yeah, but it is uh, commonly confused. So, yeah, they're including the, the Gentiles in peace on earth, the Gentiles that are not of natural descent. Mm -hmm. are now also included and that actually wasn't part of that but i threw that out there yeah the peace on earth yeah because it mentions peace you know it's not like all christians are just living in this perfect prosperity is that you know right absolutely so unless you want to jump on matthew 27 45 we're going to look at some more uh digging into the the suffering of christ from the vantage point of the gospels yes now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, 
Eli, Eli, Yam. It's okay. I'll forgive you. How would you say that? <laughs> it's okay. You're better at it. Lam Shabaduta. I don't know. Thank you. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed, gave it to him to drink. But the others said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And so I'm thinking when he cried out, you know, it would have been what he said in the other Gospels at the end. It is finished. Because he did that right before he yeah. gave up his spirit. So, but on the note of uh, why have you forsaken me, it did fulfill the prophecy. And he came to fulfill every prophecy. So there was that. And a lot of things he said out loud were for us. You know, it wasn't because he had to say it. But, you know, you, you see him suffering in a human body, right? I mean, he was fully God and fully man. So you have your proof there. He's fully man being seen right there suffering and yep. God as he still went through with God's will Yep. and was raised up. God sent his own son to suffer on this earth for us. I mean, that's the whole point. And we talk and complain about our suffering and blame God for it. But he proved and he showed up everybody by saying, hey, look, I'm going to come down in human form and experience suffering. That way you got no room to say anything. You know, we're going to talk about our suffering. God experienced it in a human body. In a human body. It's very important to understand that. It's not like he just, you know, kind of <laughs> pretended to be suffering or somehow skipped it because he's God. He was fully God, but fully human. So he felt and thought and all of those things that if you pictured yourself up there, you know, how you might be afraid and angry and anxiety all those to yeah the he had human emotions he was a human so he put himself in human form at, and was fully god but he relied on the father he put himself in dependency on the father and um you so, know he wasn't out there just performing miracles because he just felt like it was all for a purpose right the purpose that was laid out from the beginning of time he says he does everything the father does just what the father tells him yeah when you see that suffering, it not only just uh, brings a tear to your eye, but you just realize, like, how could anybody want to water down the blood of Jesus after reading that? And you're, and you're going to say that it wasn't enough and that we still have something to offer God for salvation, that we have to bring him our gift of <laughs> Our, our our gift of believing and our gift of working out, uh, you know, working out our right our works and and this and that and it's just man it just makes you all the more just it's just sad to hear people preaching that way because because christ suffered so much for that reason just to have people watering it down today and that's sad and it was enough the truth is it was enough and truth is it's finished like he said all it was more than enough if we're <laughs> We're like a hundred million percent perfect now, thanks to the blood of Christ, the perfect blood of Christ. And now, now we know that God is daddy father. So, so like we talked about before, the proper response to uh, address him for that would be thank you. Thank you. And, and that's the peace. And that's the peace the apostles had. They had that peace. They knew that God, the father accepted them fully 
And that that was uh, that was why it's so much applied to that video, what he wrote, because God's full acceptance is what is what gave the apostles peace and all the things that they did. It's what drove them to do what they did. They wanted to share it with other people. That was coming from their heart. To be able Nobody to made them do it. Right. And to be able to have peace while they were doing it, while they were being oh, spat at and stoned and beaten and dragged and whatever, they finally tortured mm-hmm. and crucified, beheaded. To be able to have peace through all that in prison, starving. Why else would they have done it? They, nobody in their right mind would have done what they did if there wasn't something very special that they that that was driving them. And that was the spirit of God. The spirit of God, it, it, it's an influence that uh, you can't resist. You can't fight it, but you want it. You know, it's like you don't need a free will because he makes you want, he just consumes you in his love and you want to do it. You don't need to pretend we're sovereign over him. You know, he's amazing. He gives us these bodies. He gives us these abilities. You know, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, I wanted to say um, also, I think it's important to point out when he says, why have you forsaken me? Um, why do you think he said that? I know we talked about uh, there's uh, different thoughts on that but one is uh, a lot of thoughts on that but there's what makes sense is that in that moment being fully human and having a human body he took on the sins of the entire world meaning jews and gentiles that would believe the whole body of believers he he was taking all that on in that moment and feeling all that like we were just talking he was paying the price for our sin the wages of sin is death and so his body was being a sacrifice. He offered his body as a sacrifice. And in that moment, he paid the price of the wages of sin for all of us. And so he felt abandoned in that moment because of our sin. That would be the only reason that, that he would have felt forsaken was because he was wearing all of that on him, pinning it all to the cross in that body. Right. So would you say, because we know um, deductive reasoning, looking at the facts, we know that he was not actually forsaken, his, his heart was not forsaken because he he rose again, he well, went to the Father. Yeah, but how do you know exactly? Because he said that right after he said he was forsaken, he he gave up his spirit. Gave up he his said, spirit, I, yes. I, into, my, into your arms, I commend my spirit. And he so he not. clearly was not abandoned right. fully. But he had to pay that price. And that was, you know, if you look at, you know, the the ultimate consequence of non-belief, it's a, it's a it's a being separated from God. And so, he had, I I think he had to feel that in his body. He had to feel that so maybe he had to taste the death and the abandonment that we should have tasted. So maybe his body was forsaken for a moment or maybe he just felt it. His body paid our penalty. He used it. Yeah. But then being that he didn't deserve any of it and to defeat death, he, you know, that body was raised. That same body was in really splendor and glory. Yes. Because it didn't, he didn't deserve it. Yeah, he was, he was, was simply a God. sacrifice for us. Paying the sacrifice. He gave up his life. He went through the suffering, all of it. So you're seeing a perfect, beautiful, and in a very tragic but beautiful example of Jesus being 
fully God and fully man, the miracle yep. that that is, aren't you? Yeah. And the resurrection is where the peace comes in because he comes to live inside of us. That, that spirit, you know, he raised his body up. They never found it. Uh, it was gone from the tomb. Um, so he proved that he can raise the dead. He was alive and he was seen. He, they touched him. He literally raised the dead and he did it on earth too. But, uh, you know, the point is that he's now living inside of all of us, you know, and, and it, we're, we're the church now. So he's in us and that's the peace. That's how we have peace. And it's a peace that you would only know if you had it. So are you going to explain that to an atheist or, a, you know, somebody of another religion or somebody who's working their way to heaven? There is no peace in that. There's just obligation. And if there is peace in a works-based salvation, it's coming from self-righteousness. I'm sorry. You know, you're feeling awfully good about yourself. But we give, you know, we set aside grace for nothing, just like the Apostle Paul said. We it, here at uh, Waking Up to Grace, we don't set that aside for anything. I'm sorry. So, yeah. and I'm not apologizing, <laughs> even though I did. So you want to read, uh, let's read John 19. Let's see what the... Yes. John 19, 28. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished. Amen. Amen. And so that scripture would be fulfilled. Jesus said, I'm thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plants and lifted it to Jesus's lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. Isn't it? We were talking about how interesting that is that God chose for good reason to do miraculous things on, on the holidays all the time, like with Pentecost, special and absurd the spirit coming, and holidays. So here Sabbath. We go. Yeah, the, next the last day. supper was on Passover. Right. You know, let's actually skip that part because I know that we're going to be running long. Let's go into Luke, if you don't mind. Sure. I'm just trying to just to keep it on topic. Yeah. Sure. So Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On, the reach, on reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. So like drops of blood. They didn't say it literally was, just to be clear. Uh, Jesus prays on the Mount of Olives. Uh, I think that might be a heading. <laughs> <laughs> skip yeah. that jesus went out as usual to the mount of olives and his disciples followed him on reaching the place he said to them pray i just read this i copied it never mind oh, yeah, skipping forward <laughs> oops when he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples he found them asleep exhausted from sorrow why are you sleeping he asked them get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation <laughs> there they are sleeping and I think that that was the whole thing that he was maybe trying to tell him, don't be tempted to fall asleep. I need you to look out. You're supposed to be standing guard. But anyhow, uh, so 
why did Jesus, uh, what did Jesus do when he seemed anxious about being crucified? What did he do? He prayed. He prayed. And then what happened when he prayed? An angel from heaven appeared to strengthen him. God sent him strength. God gave him strength. Yeah. So again, fully, fully dependent. He relied on the father for everything. And in his human body, in this human form, you know, he he was in a human body. So he still had to feel yeah. things. He was perfect, so fully, fully dependent on God, but he was a human, fully human. He had a fully human experience. And you're talking about God in fully human form, fully God, fully human. And that's wild. That's wild. That is wild. And so he put himself at the, you know, at, at the hands of the Father. I've come to do your will, you know, and that's exactly what he did, even though it was terrifying and and scary he prayed and he was given peace by an angel and so uh i mean that's that's intense to think that uh you know what he went through and what he overcame is is just glorious for lack of a better word it is and it should be celebrated and not watered down and that's what we're what we're doing here at waking up to grace absolutely so john so we'll look at uh, we'll look at the beginning of John, the Gospel of John, and then we'll look at uh, some more of John, and then we'll look at Philippians, and and uh, and we can have some talk in, in between. Uh, if, if anybody has anything to say, feel free. Uh, if you got anything to add or mention so far, how about you, Dad? Does does this all make sense so far? Yeah, yeah, and just you know you got a picture that he was in the human form trying to accept the things of the world. I mean, you know, it, it's some, something a no normal person could handle if he didn't have his father to help him with it. Right. He, he relied on for everything. And uh, he knew the world was evil. He knew everything about it. And, you know, but he still put himself in the limitations of a human body and then just relied on God even for his miracles, you know, and um, he would always, it was always coming from the father, you know, everything came from the father, he relied on him fully. And so he was actually an example, as we had mentioned in that study of a full dependency on God. Yeah, that was that was the true message that we can learn from him, not how to obey the laws. That's, yeah, I'm just realizing that kind of the full meaning of that, where that's an example to show us that we can get through this world that's so full of troubles beyond belief. We yep. can get through it as a Christian clinging to God. He will get us through. So to the people that are suffering, you know, what do you do? What should we do? What did Jesus do? You know, he prayed about Great. it. Yep. And, and, and but, but what do we already have inside of us? Maybe you were going to say that. Well, no. What's in our heart? Okay. What's in your heart? I mean, you Christ, you got to remember Spirit. when you're praying, when you're looking up to heaven, he's also inside of you. This is this is an amazing reality, you know, right. and he he can give you peace. He can give you peace. But it's uh, you're you're still going to have worldly feelings. And Jesus proved that he proved it by his own display. He was showing us that you're going to suffer. You're going to feel things that right. you don't like. He prayed for the cup to pass. Um, but ultimately he said, thy will be done yeah. and the cup did not pass. He did go through it, but he received the strength to be able to do it. Yep, he gave him strength. 
So that is really comforting as we go through this world. Yeah, these are strengths. As we wake up in grace every day, wake up to grace and and in grace and uh, get ready for the day. You don't know what's going to be ahead, but that is, you can have full peace knowing that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, if you're new to grace, you're, you're going to be waking up to it constantly. And if you're in grace, you're going to wake up to it every morning. So that's why we call it waking up to grace because it could have more than one meaning and it just sounds cool. (laughs) So in, in John chapter one, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning through him. All things were made without him. Nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. That's the peace. It bring it's bringing me peace. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling at peace about that. Yeah, pretty cool that you can kind of yeah, every time you read it, you just yeah. So this is this is a the spiritual peace, the the food for the spirit. This is this is how the Christian makes it, isn't it? This is how we cling. Yeah. To Christ. And so then John 15, 18. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. He's chosen us out of the world. Wow. So this kingdom, our kingdom's not of this world. So that's why God never promised us that this world was going to be good to us. There was never a promise. The promise was actually the opposite, that there will be suffering, Jesus said, right? So in this life, there will be suffering. That's right. He promises us that. So it's the opposite of somebody who's preaching prosperity. You know, I've heard some pretty bad takes on on what we have uh, next here in Philippians. This is the Apostle Paul writing about the secret. I just wanted to uh, say on that note with John, what you just read there, it's um, because we would encourage people, you know, if, if you're attending a church that's um you know maybe uh teaching something that doesn't sound right to you and uh, we would encourage you to ask the pastor about it and if he Mm -hmm. you know if he were to uh kind of like i'm just thinking about how the world if you get ridiculed you know that you're on the right track you know okay yeah you know in your heart that it's true but your pastor ridicules you and maybe says you should find another church uh, maybe that's actually a sign that you're doing it right. It could be. You yeah. never know. It just is encouraging, you know, and sometimes. Um, the yeah. truth is, is that uh, like on your point, though, and not, not to cut you off, yeah. is that well, what you see in most mainstream churches is people patting everybody on the back, 
you know, for like, yeah, that was a, a great sermon. You're really guilting me. That really hit me hard. And now I got to turn my life around. Thank you. And they get pats on the back. But they're, that's not the offense of the cross. You know, that's worldly teaching. That's that's why they're getting worldly recognition. That's why it's wildly popular out there. And that's why we won't be wildly popular. And that's totally fine with me because we're only looking for the people who uh, that God reveals to this message, you know. Trying to help them, yeah. And there's people out there. Yeah. There's people out there that are called, and maybe it's you. Maybe today you've been called to something greater than works. So pulling you out so we can all help each other and uh, inspire each other. But yeah, that was to my point. You know, so like if we get we get some very nice comments on uh, our videos, if we get ones that are. Um, you know, not so nice. This is a good passage to go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess we're expecting we're it. Just so you know, <laughs> I guess we're doing it right. So Philippians uh, four uh, verses four through 14 rejoice in the Lord. This is Paul speaking. Uh, rejoice in the Lord. Always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Every time I read that, I think, wow, I want that. And then you finally realize you have it. It's the secret. The, the, the secret, secret was is... Christ in your heart. And he even yeah, says that. Yeah. It will guard your hearts and your minds. He gave us a new heart and he poured his spirit in it. And our spirit has been made new. And we're, we are all one spirit. There's one spirit that we're all part of. And our hearts are guarded. They are guarded by that. And he knew that. And that our minds are being renewed and our minds are being guarded because they're being renewed. And so, you know, if you're under legalism, it's not too late. Just, you know, start rejoicing in grace. Start looking at the truth. Start looking at the at the reality of some of these passages and, and stop thinking that you know you need you need to have that doctorate to be able to understand what the bible tells you you know you just it's a it's a spiritual message it's a message that's been passed down through generations and you don't get it at a college and uh, they don't have an education to teach the spirit of god amen the spirit teaches you exactly <laughs> amen simple as that and it feels like uh, when i just love that when i read that being content in all situations i mean what a gift who wouldn't want that it's like a superpower yeah and, uh, so that part of waking up to grace is uh, i i remember actually i remember the moment of uh, realizing that 
all those times of saying, I want that. How do I get that? When I woke up to grace and realized I have it. All there. It's already here. <laughs> and then I said, thank you. And often we're just ignorant to it. You know, our, our worldly minds just distract us and you realize, what should I be doing here? You know, what? how am I going to get peace? Well, you pray about it and you pray in light of grace because you know, you know that you can go to God for anything. That's right. So anybody else have anything to add or we can uh, or we can call it? What do you guys think? Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Hey, amen to that. Yeah. Really amen. To be able to have peace in prison awaiting your uh, beheading. How, wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of history through peace and suffering, such such peace that uh, if you if you read like, um, you know, go back into like even Fox's book of martyrs, some of the tellings of what the martyrs went through, they they would literally be being the executioner would stop and put himself under the sword because somebody preached Christ to him. Wow. Literally in that moment said, you know what, I'm going with you. <laughs> So, I mean, there's all kinds of stories about some crazy stuff going on in suffering. And the bottom line is that when you see suffering, uh, you see the body of Christ doing amazing things. He works his light in the darkness. Otherwise, there would be no need uh, for, for light if there wasn't darkness all around us. And and his uh, he's his his church is everywhere and it's and it goes wild, uh, you know, and you, you know, I mean, look at what happened when they tried to kill him didn't work did it <laughs> what's the most popular book today the bible b-i-b-l-e most uh, highly sold book in the world because it is the book of all books it's the center of all humanity and all reality you know if, if you want to learn reality the, the reality that you live in you got to go to the bible so amen yeah something to get excited about so uh, that will We'll call it a call it a wrap at waking up to grace. Uh, I will tutty you dot. I have to say one more thing. <laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> you cut into my commercial. Fired <laughs> up and thinking about that verse. You know, people say things like, "Well, Jesus, he, you know, he won't give me more than I can handle, so I won't be too worried." Maybe they have a a doctor's appointment coming up, something there anticipating bad news or just a very troubling time. Well, you won't give me more than I can handle. And that's very true. Um, it's so true, in fact, that even if you got the worst news possible, he will allow you to handle it, right? <laughs> yeah, even, the, the, the reality is that I think we can handle more than we'd like to think well, because God will give us the, the, the strength to handle yeah. all kinds of things that we'd be like, I couldn't handle that. <laughs> it, it, it actually makes more sense to, um, or helps me to better understand being anxious and nothing. Mm -hmm. How can you really be anxious? You know, you're sitting in the doctor's waiting room. Wow, man, I just know it's going to be bad. But if you know that whatever it is, he's not, he's going to allow you to handle it. Yeah. And it's okay too, to have those feelings and to realize you know, like the, the Paul, when the apostle Paul said, don't be anxious and then anything he said, but pray, I, you know, I mean, like we were saying, Jesus was an example. He, he had anxiousness, but then he prayed. So it's not wrong, but whenever you feel those feelings, the spiritual thing to do would be to go to God. Right. Right. 
And it's okay. You know, we're going to have all kinds of feelings. We're not escaping feelings as Christians, are we? No, it's not only not wrong. It's just going to happen. And then we're to pray. We're to cling every second, every day. The Holy Spirit allows us to be able to do that. And it's a gift. Amen. So there. Okay. On with the commercial. Well, now you can do the commercial. (laughs) <laughs> i'll probably mess up the technical word well you know everybody was here at waking up to grace at ibletuddy.net and that's bible study without the bs check out our website join a call with us sometime you know we'd love to have you on board and ask questions if you got them you know we got this is for you and us this is this is fellowship let's build each other up you know so uh That's it for today. And thank you for joining. And if you want to hear some more from us, please subscribe. You know, it'll help other people find us on YouTube and share this video if you like it. Yeah. Amen. Amen.